0: Hi, and welcome to the River of Light Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I just want you to know I love this church. I love you guys. I love what God is doing here. I love what the ministry is, is just doing, and it's just awesome. But I'm not going to keep you long today. Someone say, yeah, he's lying already. Amen. I want to bless our moms. Can I encourage our moms today? Uh, so we're going to talk about John the Baptist. <laughs> Seriously, how is this going to connect? Go with me over to Luke chapter 7. Um, for the sake of time, I'm just going to tell you what's happening. John the Baptist is, was the forerunner of Christ He had one job, and that was to prepare the people for Jesus. Uh, He was uh, preaching and living for God, and he ended up going to jail. And he actually was beheaded for the gospel. And here we catch him when he's in prison. And he is discouraged. He didn't think that when he became a follower of Jesus that he would end up in jail. He didn't didn't think it would end this way. He's at this stage in his life, and he kind of expected more. And uh, it's not there. And so we find a very discouraged John the Baptist. And I wanted to bring this out on Mother's Day because... All of us feel like that at times, but especially moms can feel that way sometimes. This is one of the hardest messages to get together was for Mother's Day. Like in that video, you got people here who this is a mourning time. This is kind of a, it brings up things and pain and sorrow if they lost their mom or many want to be moms and can. Others are have mother, are mothers and have children but not good relationships. So it's, it's a very difficult day today. And, and so I want to try my best to just bring some words of encouragement to you. Uh, John sends two of his messengers to Jesus to ask Jesus if he is really the Messiah or should we wait for the Messiah. That is huge. If I had more time, I would really bring that out and show you that. But I, I want you to see Jesus responds and he says in verse 22, Jesus answered and says to them, Go tell... John, the things which you have seen and you have heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended at me. In other words, you go tell John that he didn't make a bad decision when he chose to follow me. And let me just say this to everybody here today. You didn't make a bad decision to follow Jesus. I don't care what season of life you're in right now, even if it ain't going for you the way you thought, or you're in a season of struggle, in a season of, of just difficulties. uh, I want you to know that it's still the best decision you ever made if you've decided to follow Jesus Christ. That was better than what I got here today. Did you guys get that over here? It don't matter what you go to, and that's what Jesus is saying to John. Go back and tell him. So I want you to see verse 24. This is my message today, but look what happened. When the messengers of John had departed, He began to speak to the multitude, and he said, What did you go out into the wilderness to see, a reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see, a man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, he was more than a prophet. Now here he quotes Isaiah. This is he of whom it was prophesied. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you, is John the Baptist. Look at verse 28. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he, that is you. So to be least in the kingdom of God is better than being the best in the kingdom of the world. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word today. I pray your blessing upon us. I pray for encouragement to come, Lord, out of my spirit. Lord, out of me, Lord, into your people today. Not only your moms, but to everybody. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to bring your attention to Verse 24. I want you to see this. They come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, uh, John wants to know, are you really the Messiah or should we look for another? Because it, it ain't turning out the way we thought. And Jesus does a demonstration. He heals people. And then he says, you go tell John uh, that, yeah, they made the right choice. I heal. I'm, del- I'm delivering people. I am the Messiah. And the Bible says, and I want you to look at verse 24. The messengers left. When the messengers left, Jesus began to brag on John the Baptist. He began to say that there wasn't a greater prophet born among women than John the Baptist. In other words, this, John never heard the rest of the story. And I think there's a lot of moms here, and this is what I, I thought this would be a perfect Mother's Day story, message because I believe there's a lot of things that mom has never heard. Or at least don't hear enough of. And so the title of this sermon today is the greatest message that Mom never heard. Anybody here today? You with me today? This is the greatest message that Mom never heard. I, I want to bring some of these. Thank you. Oh Lord, help me. And what John? What Jesus began to do is he began to brag on John the Baptist. And I think there are times in your life, and I know certainly in mom's life, that they feel like John the Baptist sometimes where they seem to have done everything right, but still it hasn't come out the way they thought. They, they, they worked hard, they, they did what God's called them to do, but they seem to find themselves uh, like in this prison of, of discontentment and dissatisfaction. That, that's where I'm going with today, and I want to encourage you today. So taking, taking the net, uh, rest of this text... The first thing I want to tell our moms today is this, is that you are more valuable than you know. Amen. Come on, come on. You, you are more valuable than you know. If you're sitting next to a woman, you tell them you are more valuable than you know. Go ahead. John was feeling unimportant. He felt like he uh, wasn't... It wasn't supposed to end this way. He was, his ministry was shrinking, and Jesus' ministry was growing, and here he finds himself in prison, and he's thinking, you know, what, what is going on? This is not the way I thought it was, and Jesus begins to say uh, that, man, he is more valuable than you think. Because John the Baptist was a transitional piece in the history of mankind. John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets and the first of the New Testament prophets. And that's why Jesus said, "All all the days until John the Baptist were like this, but from John the Baptist on, those that are entering the kingdom of God must enter it through violence." And he, he begins; to, he makes a distinction between that. In other words, John the Baptist was the one that was able to bring change. And let me just move over to mothers and tell you that mothers have the same capability of changing the trajectory of their children. You hear me today? God created women, and he created mothers. It is his idea to create a helpmate, a helper, someone who was taken from the side of Adam, not to be in front of Adam, not to be behind Adam as second class. Male and female are not meant to compete. Husband and wife are not meant to compete. Husband and wife are meant to what? complement one another. That is God's design. In other words, moms have gifts, and moms can do things that dads can't do. And you're going to find out what dads can do that moms can't do uh, on Father's Day. But today, it's about the moms. So it says that, I want you to see that he was a... uh that moms have the ability to change the trajectory of their life. I could tell you about the story of Moses. When Moses was a baby, when Moses was born, Moses' mother looked at him and said, this is a beautiful baby. And now Pharaoh was, was um, killing all the children. He was a vicious dictator in history. And he was afraid of the Hebrew people because they were out. Uh, growing the Egyptians. So he had all the children under a certain age to be killed. Moses gave birth to the son, and she made a little basket, and and for fear, she put him in the basket, and she uh, let him go down the Nile River. You'll read this in Exodus 1 and 2. And the Bible says that this no-name baby was just coming and drifting down the Nile River, and it just so happened it ended behind uh, down the stream behind the house of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe, looks, and here's this little baby, and looks at this beautiful baby. And the Bible says Moses was beautiful. The baby, the child was beautiful. And she sees the child and she names him Moses, which means to be drawn out. And she names him and draws him out. And then the Pharaoh said, okay, Pharaoh's wife said, well, he's a Hebrew and we are Egyptians and we don't nurse the Hebrew children. Go out into the village and find a mother who is nursing and pay her and we'll take care of her. And she'll come take care of this this child because the daughter really wanted the child and your Bible says it just so happens they went into the Hebrew village and they found Moses' mother and they said hey you just gave birth we need you to come take care of this child we don't know who the mother is but we need a mother and just just isn't it just like God that God took a situation that seemed to be impossible and bleak and dark and ended up saying not only am I going to take care of your son I'm going to pay you to do it isn't that good but here's the point I want you to see. that. Uh, so she nursed Moses. And Moses became the great deliverer of the children of Israel. How did that happen? This is something very important. Egypt named Moses, but Moses' mom nursed him. So can I tell you that nursing rights prevail over naming rights? In other words, I don't care what society has named you, what your past has labeled you, what statistics says you're supposed to be, and whatever name they slapped on you. What really is going to make a difference is what is nursing you. What are you you getting nourishment from? What are you feeding on? What are you listening to? I hope it's the word of God. Come on, somebody. I feel like preaching already. So Moses became a great deliverer because of his mother. Proverbs 14.1 said, a wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman pulls it down with her own hands. Oh, help me, Jesus. In other words, death and life are working in every woman. Are you here this morning? Death and life, according to the Bible, is working in every woman, and it is up to her of which one she will empower. Women, you have the ability to either destroy your home or to be the source of life in your home. How many know mama ain't happy? Ain't. Ain't nobody happy. In the Jewish community every Sabbath, every Shabbat begins with the mother who lights the candle and leads the song. Why? Because that is her role. She brings she's the one that when mama is happy, there there is a nurturing kind of thing there. And she's the one that brings that in. Paul said in 2 Timothy, he said, when I call, he said this to young Timothy, when I call into remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, watch this, which dwelt first in your who? Grandmother, Lois, and then your mother, Eunice. And now I am persuaded is in you also. Never mention the dad. Dads are important. But can I tell you that if a mom, and I want to give double honor to single moms in the place today that's pulling double duty this day. But when you, get, when you have God in your life and you, have, and you have faith in your life, moms can hand that down and they just have a, have a natural ability to hand down faith. How many here have a praying mother or a praying grandmother that walked with the Lord and now you see yourself following those footsteps? Come on, reach those hands up high. Let me see that. Yeah, yeah. Look at it. How many had a daddy that just wasn't with the same page that mama was? So come on, lift your hands up. Amen, amen, amen. A lot of times, I don't know, dads are always late to the party. I don't know what that is, but. I thank God for my mom, same way my mom. My mama was raised, she was a good Baptist young woman and prayed for my daddy to get saved and get fire on fire for God and finally he did. And then my mom had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and began to pray in that prayer language. And she in the Baptist church gave her the wonderful left foot of fellowship. I mean, they, they just began to love her. Our... True story. That, that particular denomination. I, I know a pastor friend that's Baptist and he's Pentecostal to the bone. So you can't go by labels anymore. How do you know it's not about labels anyway? It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen in the house of God today? Come on, somebody. But I love the Bible because you may be sitting here saying, well, Pastor Eddie, man, I haven't been the best mom. I haven't been a mother of faith. I'm not like Timothy's mother and grandmother. Man, he was blessed. Man, I've been a mother that was not a children of faith. Well, that's why I love the Bible. And the Bible includes people from all. I love our core values. It's all people. Somebody say all people you'll find that God even uses women that made terrible choices, terrible decisions. And one of them is Rahab the harlot. How would you like to have that name? Rahab the harlot. Every time she's mentioned it, don't say Rahab who had a past or Rahab that had some struggles. And oh, Rahab the harlot. Think about that. And the Bible says that Rahab, every time you miss her, she's a harlot. And in those days in the ancient world, there, if you had, she had children all over the place by all kinds of different men. People would only go see Rahab for one thing or one thing only. And she was like that. She had a reputation of being that. In other words, you and I would look at her and a, a church might look at her and go, man, she's the worst of the worst, man. There is no hope for her. But I thank God that God picks people different than the way people pick people. Is anybody here today? So, so, and you'll find in the Bible that Rahab was a harlot, but she met the God of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 2 or 3, she meets the God of Joshua, this God of heaven, ends up changing her life. And she says, man, I've made some big mistakes But I'm ready to settle in and if God can have me, if God can do anything with a prostitute, if God can do anything with someone of me who has had many bad decisions and choices and seems to be going the wrong way in life, if God can really do something, I don't even care if God lets me just come to church. I don't have to serve. I don't have to be a preacher's wife or or an intercessory. The old Pentecostal church, if you were a woman, you were an intercessory or a worship leader. I mean, that's all you had. And if you didn't have one of those two offices, you weren't anointed. I'm so thankful the church has come a long way. Amen. All the women said, come on, amen. could had the word anyway. You don't want me to get going on that. Amen. Rahab had that attitude. If you would just make anything out of me, I'd be happy. Well, I want you to know, Rahab, God did more to Rahab than just make her good uh, uh, coming to church. The Bible says that Rahab got married. She began to have children. And 40 generations later, she had a son, great, 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 a lot of greats, a son named Joseph, who married a little woman, young girl named Mary, who had a son named Jesus Christ. So I don't care if you're a prostitute, I don't care what your past is like, and I love the Bible because the Bible don't hide that. Have you noticed Jesus is not afraid of your chaos? Oh, I wish I could preach this. Do you realize that Jesus is not afraid of your past? He's not. and Sometimes Christians are the worst people. Sometimes the Christians got more amnesia than anybody I know coming to church like we're all holy. You know what I'm saying? We, we forget where God found us. That's why I love reading scriptures about David when David would get too cocky. God said, hey, do you remember I found you as a little shepherd boy on the backside of the desert? David immediately humbled. Saul was the guy that got a little bit, you know... You know, exalted a little bit, and he lost his mind. Pride got set in, and he began to think he was the man. And he, his king, he lost his entire kingdom. What did the prophet say? The prophet said, when you were little in your own eyes, I used you to rule Israel. But now you got so big, you forgot where you came from. I don't know, that's for somebody here today. Back on mother. It's supposed to be a good encouraging message today. <laughs> but I want, I want mamas to know, You have the ability, like Rahab. Look at what Rahab did. You talk about break the generational curses. You talk about break the trajectory. All the women in her family were a certain way. All of the women in her family didn't have a healthy this. And you may be sitting here today and say, man, none of the women in my family had a healthy marriage. None of them had, they all had dysfunctional homes. They all had this. Can I tell you today with the word of God, confidence, and full of the Holy Spirit, that that can be broken in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus Christ. All generational cycles and curses are broken broken in the name of Jesus in this place. Come on. How many believe that? John the Baptist, he felt like he wasn't very valuable, but God said he was more valuable than anyone from his day forward. We are now saved through repentance, through faith in Jesus Christ. Number two would be that I want all moms to know that God has a greater plan. You need, everybody needs to know this, but I want moms especially, John is sitting in prison and he's thinking, wow, I didn't think my life would end up like this. Moms may be here. We all know the scripture, but I'll put it up on the screen in case you don't. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they shall not depart from it. I believe in that scripture. Don't get me wrong. I believe that the most important thing before I got saved, the most important thing in me as a parent was that my daughters would be very healthy, but they are to be smart, talented, and happy. And I'm not saying you should not want your children to be talented and happy, but I want you to know that God's design and what God's priorities are is that we are to raise children who are Christ-centered, biblically anchored, spirit-filled, life changers. Let me say that again so you can write that down. Christ-centered, biblically anchored, spirit-filled, life changers. I didn't say world changers because I think that's a little bit of hype. You ain't going to change the world, but if you can change one life, you can change the world. So you need to raise our children to be Christ-centered, biblically anchored. Come on, somebody. Spirit-filled, life-changers. That's what you need to lean into your kid. That's what that scripture means. But I must also tell you that there is a middle area that kind of gets people all messed up. It don't say what will happen in the middle. It's They are young. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. But in the middle, they can lose. So I want, you, I want you to know this other proverb. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I know that's old Sunday school, but some of us sometimes forget the most important principles in the word of God. You, need to get, you never get to the place where you quit trusting God. In fact, I'll tell you, one of the most difficult things you'll ever do as a Christ follower is to trust him. Let me say that over here. I don't think they got that. The most difficult thing you will ever get to in your life isn't to learn the church songs, not to memorize scripture, not to memorize lingo, not to fit in, not to do none of that. All that is secondary, and some of it I hope you never do when it comes to trying to fit in especially. But one of the most difficult things you'll ever do as a Christ follower is to trust him, like John the Baptist, he's sitting in jail. He was 20 years in the wilderness waiting for his opportunity for a two-year ministry. Let me say that again. 20 years of training for a two-year ministry. He's in jail for calling Herod an adulterer, saying, you, you got your brother's wife. He's all full of the Holy Ghost. and He's thinking Jesus has got his back, and he's going to come in and be like, that's right, what John said. But here it was like, "You said what? In front of what? You embarrass me! Lock him up, put him in jail." And he's sitting in jail, and he's thinking, "Man, I didn't think my life would end like this." You just gotta come to the place where you just trust in God. I had the privilege yesterday of meeting uh, for the very first time this 92-year-old woman. I was asked uh, by a family member of mine who lives out of the area to come and visit. This, this uh, precious woman, 92, she was born in 1924 or something like that. I wasn't even thought of. And so anyway, never met her. I was like, sure, i love to do that. Went up and saw her. Walked in, and this was one of the most sweetest, 92 years, sweetest women I ever met. She made me pull up a chair. She just, sweetest hit it off like she knew me. She'd give me compliments and telling me stuff. Wanted me to pull up a chair and pull up a chair, and she grabbed my hand. And for an hour. She just sat there and told me story after story of her life. She said, I went on one date in my life, and I was 15 years old, and I married that man. He's the only man I ever wanted. I only wanted one man in my life, and he was the man. We dated. He went off to World War II, which she called the Battle of the Bulge, and she said he came back, and he wasn't the same, but they made it work, and they were married for 50 years, and then he died. I said, oh. Were you, was that a wonderful marriage? She said, nope, we fought like cats and dogs. <laughs> True story. She did. She said, I, we were going to divorce twice. She said, but my generation, and I'll just add this. This was something that they really sp- stress in the ordination off. Because I said, I started my ordination in 2002. And when this elderly lady, this grandma was talking to me, I, I was reminded of it. They said, they come from a generation that you finish what you start. In other words, and I love what they said, they said the younger generation is one that I'm afraid of. They're too, they're waiting for too many, they have too many options. They they, they are waiting for options too much and end up missing out on the greatest things in front of them. And they were saying, you need to not be a person of options, you need to be committed. And I remember I heard that at the the ordination service and here grandma is saying it, how she just made it work. She said, but he was so handsome. She said he was big and beautiful. I don't know what that means, but he was big and beautiful. And she said, oh, he, she said, I loved him more than life. And she's just whispering to me. And she kept talking about his chin, okay? She ha- he had a chin that she really loved. And might have been the thing in the 20s, I don't know. But And then she began to tell me about her life. She said, we had three children. We lost our first child. Beautiful baby girl. I carried her full term, healthy as can be. The umbilical cord got around her, suffocated. We lost her. They worked on her for an hour. And I said, let me at least see her so I can see if there's a flaw I can at least say it shouldn't have happened. And she broke down and she cried. She said, I went in, that baby was perfect. We had a moment. And then she said, but then I had a son. And then I had a daughter. And then she said, and she told me some personal things about that. And she said, I got children. And then I had grandchildren. Then I had great grandchildren. And she said, and then I got to see my very first great, great, great grandchild. She's 92, y'all. She saw everything. I can't even remember what happened in the last 10 years. And this woman was sharp. She talked politics for a minute. She goes, I hate politics. They're all liars. (laughs) I said, pound it. Come on. Amen. I went all that. She said, they ain't going to change nothing. And anyway, but she said, she said this, I finally got to see my great, 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 great grandbaby she said, oh, he was handsome. I said, oh, yeah? She goes, yeah, he had that chin. Oh, wow. Here was the thing. If you live long enough, let me say it like this. If you stay with God long enough, you will be able to understand some things yeah, that didn't make sense to you years ago. Can I tell you, I was mad when they moved my ordination to Grand Rapids. And they may be listen to this podcast. I don't know, but I'll tell you what I was because I wanted them to be a Brightmoor, our big church here in Novi. Novi It's what they call Novi when you're out of sight of Michigan. Novi. Anyway. That's where our our other district events were, and they said, Grand Rapids. I said, man, because you guys wanted to go and see it. It's a big moment, and I said, okay. I said, oh, well. So I was complaining. You ever complain about something, even if it's a godly thing? (laughs) And I'm like, "Ah, I'm complaining, and I get all the way up there, and as I'm pulling up to the church, it's on 44th Street in Grand Rapids. The Holy Spirit reminded me, when I got saved, I was 25 years old, 1997, November the 5th, I was driving an alcohol truck. I made deliveries. It's just where I was. And I was my best customer. I was. And uh, especially in my hotel room at night, I had an expense account, baby. And, I mean, that's the way it was. But... Fast forward, you've heard my testimony, I got tired of that life, I wanted something better, and I've been thinking about it for two years. That was the day I said, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. And I prayed that prayer, not in a church, I prayed it all by myself, driving the truck, going through the scale house, the weight station in Fowlerville on I-96. My very first stop was in what? Grand Rapids on 44th Street. I pulled into Grand Rapids on 44th Street, 25 years old, as a brand new baby Christian. I remember walking into my first restaurant, seeing a young cook there preparing the, the meals, and he had a WWJD, how many remember those WWJD bracelets on? And I was like, wow, man, I just, he goes, oh, you like that? That means what would Jesus do? He was my age, so I was like, hey, he's a young dude wearing it, because when you're 25 and you're trying to serve the Lord, man, that's hard, and especially with all my issues. How many perfect people are in the house today? Amen. You know what I'm talking about. And he began to turn to me and he said, man, I gave Jesus my life a couple years ago. And we just began to share. I thought how awesome that was. And here it was, me, I'm, I'm away to Grand Rapids. I turn on 44th Street and I look and the Holy Spirit says, see what I did? Amen. 22 years ago, I walked on that, I drove on that same street as a brand new baby Christian. Didn't know if I can, make, if I can serve God for two weeks. Summer was coming. Some people can't serve God in the summer. And I said, God, what am I going to do in the summer? I was scared to death. Am I going to be able to live for you? And he, look at God. Look at God. 22 years later, I'm getting ordained on 44th Street in Grand Rapids. Think about that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Someone say all your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I mean, I don't understand why this happened. I don't understand I served you when this happened. I thought it would be better for me. But God says, trust me, and in all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your path. I'm going to make you go left when you would have went right. I'm going to have you go forward when you would have stopped. I would have lifted you up when you wanted to quit because you're struck down, but you're not abandoned. You're not crushed. You're not left alone. Just let me be in charge. I got this. I got this. Tell somebody, he's got this. He's got this. Last thing I want to tell moms. And mom, you don't have to have great possessions to have a great impact. You don't have to have great possessions to have a great impact. Jesus said, what did you come out to see? A reed shaken in the wind? Someone wearing fancy clothes? For those that wear fancy clothes and live luxury lives or living in king's palaces? John the Baptist wore camel hair and he ate wild honey in locusts. He would look like a homeless dude that was mentally ill. He's eating, what did you do if you saw a guy wearing camel hair eating a grasshopper? What's up, y'all? Dipping it in honey. At least I got, at least he's got honey. I love honey. If he was just eating bugs, like that ain't worse than that, at least he's dipping it in honey. How many's tried some crazy foods before? I, my wife would try that. I know she would. we go to Mission Strip. They're like passing stuff. I'm like, oh my. I'll like, I'll take one. <laughs> And you know what? I'm dumb enough to be, yeah. <laughs> you know what I've learned? is good. <laughs> anyway, anyway. He, he's dressed like a homeless. Listen, and Jesus says he's dressed like a wild man. And what, what is the reed? See, King Herod had a coin in honor of him, and he had an inscription on the back of the coin of a reed. And so when Jesus was making this statement, he was actually making a political statement saying Herod thinks he's great because he chose a reed, but they they wave and they give in to the wind. They are weak. John the Baptist comes with not very much riches, but he is a mighty man of God, full of the Holy Ghost, and with fire, teaching my people how to repent and turn to God. He is honorable before God more than Herod will ever be in any day. Come on, somebody. That's what he's saying. And bring that into the natural realm. Don't we think because we're parents we have to have uh, and give our kids riches? Let me tell you something. The greatest thing you will ever give to your kids is not things you give to them, but things you give in them. Not things that you give to them, but things that you put in them. That's faith. Integrity. Character. Character. And I can't buy that. You can't buy that working four jobs a week. That's not a financial thing. That's something that isn't taught. It's caught. And you get that from, like Paul said to Timothy, from your grandmother. I can't tell you how many times I come in the house and heard my mama praying for me. How many times she would send somebody over to where we were hanging out. And I would see their car and I was, oh my gosh, here they come. Here comes a preacher man. And they'd come, Uncle Billy would jump out, hey, boys, and he would witness to us. And we would just listen and kind of put up with it. But there were seeds that God planted in my heart, that my mama planted in me. When I was a little kid singing, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons have Father Abraham. Right foot, man, I am one. Remember that? So let's just praise the Lord. Right foot, left foot, hand foot, one, shake it up. No, that's the... I mean, I want to about all those little songs and all those little things. And let me just encourage your moms to bring them to church. You're, you're bringing them in the Royal Rangers ministry, the girls ministry. They are just, just being in the church and watching being in the atmosphere of faith. We were talking to us pastors about how many people are preferring live streaming and church growth is starting to hit a plateau because people would rather sit home and watch church than be the church. I think that's the most devastating uh, thing that could ever happen to the body of Christ. But too, I don't think it'll happen. You're going to get some that really aren't serious that prefer that because they prefer comfortable Christianity anyway. But you're going to find those that really are followers of Christ would rather be in the house of the living. Because there are certain things you can only get by being here. I hate to say it on the podcast. I hope it's blessing you, but it's even better when you're here. Let me just say that. David said, I will worship the Lord in the house of the congregation. And so there there are things that you will will get. Now, I love live streaming. I love technology. I listen to podcasts all the time. I'll put it on one and a half so I can listen to it even faster. And I love podcasts. But there is just something that you can't get through social media or through technology that you can get by literally showing up and being in the house of God. And mom's just by letting your kids see you worship. Dad's just by your kids seeing you worship. Why ain't my kids worshiping? Probably because daddy ain't. Probably because mama ain't. Let me just tell you, kids are watching you. And I would go home with some kids growing up in the church. and Mom and dad were talking about the church service. Oh, they would talk about how good it was. And, and, and even if we had something crazy, we were in ecourse. Man, we had some crazy things happen right in the middle of the church. We had this one dude come up and try to jump my dad right in the middle of the church because his wife got saved. And she destroyed all his country music. <laughs> she said, that old lustful music. She did. I mean, that's just what happened. This big dude showed up, walked up to my dad. Well, Deacons were right there. We had one dude in our church. He didn't want to mess with Big Paul. He was there. We got a big Paul. He's not here, so y'all calm down. Hey, Amen. No. No. We saw some crazy things, man, at our church growing up, man. And, but I remember on the way home, Mom and Dad would talk about the service. And I remember going home with some other families, and I'd be in the back of the van playing with their kids, and they had no idea that I was listening to her bash my mom because what she was wearing. Bash my dad because he preached out of not the King James. the worship was this. Why wasn't this? I remember thinking, because I thought everybody were like my mom and dad. Just like when I got saved at 25 years old, Steve, literally, I remember telling my uncle this, he thought it was the funniest thing ever. When I went to church, I was so on fire for God, I thought everybody was on fire for God. Tom, I did. I thought everybody was just as on fire for God as I was. And I found out that there are levels in the Christian faith. (laughs) How many know what I'm talking about? You got double-level faith people that are just here like, uh-huh, I'm going to watch you online. <laughs> what do you preach on? I don't know. You know. And then you got those that are just here, here all the time. I'm not being me. I'm being real. I'm just telling you, if you really want to make this thing work for you and for you, if you want to do something that's going to change the trajectory of your family, then you got to do what these people in the Bible did. They really got sold out for God. They got on fire for God. My last point, I'm going to tell you this quick story about not having a lot. But being there, and that's that's my point here. Is mom, my mom, she's with my dad, and they're with my uncle today. He's getting ordained in the Church of God today, which is a very special for my uncle. He's battling a physical illness right now. It's a special moment. Otherwise, mom would be here. But mom's my mom and dad's never been real rich. We we weren't real rich. Raised in course and you guys have heard those stories. And and uh, my favorite day was going to Kmart when the Blue Light Special was going on and eat those little enchiladas, them little fried things they had in the cafeteria. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. They were so good with a blue slushy. The buggy would be full. I'd be so excited. Mama was school shopping. But it was in June, and I'm thinking, what's Mama school shopping for? And, Mom, how come you ain't heading to the register? She said, I'm heading to that other thing called layaway. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm talking about, Mama Leia, what? You a liar? The devil is a lie. Come on. What's a layaway? I had those shoes all the way down the aisle. Man, everyone's going to see me with these new shoes. I can't wait to wear them. By the time they come around, I done grew out of them. They done. (laughs) Devil is a lie. Mama didn't have a whole lot. But I remember we went down West Virginia, and I was about 13 years old. My dad was preaching a revival for a church, and, and before we went to that church, we stopped at my aunt's, and they were having church, and they were praying, and my aunt spoke up and said, the Lord just showed me this, Paul, that you're going to go through a very dark season, and it's going to be very hard for you, but know that God is with you. I mean, I like those kind of words, and uh, my dad was just starting a revival, and me and Steve were there with them and mom. And we went to this backside of the hills, West Virginia's hills. This was hills plus hills. I don't even know where you were. It's a little church. And it began to rain every single day. It was a monsoon. It was horrible. I'm out playing on the very first day and I got sick and I felt like something bit me. I'll never forget. I thought something bit me out there. I went running in the house and laid on mom's lap. She began to pet me how mama's do. And uh, daddy would have said, boy, get in there. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Anyway, the pastor's wife said, Lift up that boy's shirt and lifted up my shirt, and I had chicken pox. I mean, I had chicken pox. Well, let me back up. Mama's a bargain chopper. So, when we go to West Virginia, whatever's on sale, she would stack up, stock up. Well, I used to love Dr. Pepper. She saw Dr. Pepper on sale. This woman bought every one of them that's in the store. I, I could have swore. She loaded the car. I mean, the bumper was dragging like this. <laughs> loaded with Dr. Pepper. So, I was all happy, like, Woo, got some Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Woo-hoo, what's that little <laughs> And I was so happy, and, and, and there we are playing, and we're getting ready to go get me some Dr. Pepper, and I got sick. <laughs> and I remember my mama said, boy boys got chicken pox. And listen, I woke up the next day, I had chicken pox from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. They were on my eyeliner here. They were in my gums, in my mouth. I like, <laughs> Nobody's ever had chicken pox. I was like 13, y'all. This was bad. And I had everything, and not to make things worse, but that week was the week that Jimmy Swagger came out, fell into sin, PTL was fallen... So the church community, my dad was discouraged, and mad, frustrated. It's a monsoon. The church was little and poor, and they just didn't have a lot of money, bless them. But they put us in this little roadside motel, road, motel and the door, every time the door opened, I swear a semi would go by. And I'm laying in the bed with chicken pox, y'all. I'm about to die. They're covering in But you know what I had? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Guess what I had for breakfast? Guess what I had for lunch? Guess what I had for dinner? I couldn't eat nothing. Guess what I had that night? Guess what I had the next day? Guess what I had the next day? That's why I can't stand Dr. Pepper. If you walk in here with a Dr. Pepper, I'll rebuke you in the name of Jesus. (laughs) I do not drink Dr. Pepper to this day. It is a rule. It is not allowed in my house. The devil is a lie, and so is Dr. Pepper. It is not sweet. It's full of the pits of hell. Amen. I'm closing. Steve, help me, brother. i got to shut this down. Mama's getting hungry. But here's my point. Mama got her some Calmine lotion. She had two things. She, she was a medicine woman. My mama had either the McCure comb, that's the little red stuff. And I'd get an uh, inj- injury somewhere. She'd put it on me. Man, I went to the playground one time, covered in red. Them kids were like, <laughs> Mama was like, I don't know what that boy has, but come on. I do remember McCure comb. Isn't that just a little red stuff that put on you? Anyway, some of you are missing out on the best times of our life. It was awesome. And anyway, but Mama had the Calmine lotion, and she took, my mama did, And this is going to bless you moms. Let me tell you something. My my mom's not rich. But my mom, here's the point. She sat there and for a whole week would take that little cotton ball, dip it in there. And she would, on every single chicken pock. I'm 13, so you had other bumps too. So mama was just doing all this. But she would pray. My mama would pray he' gonna be fine. I'm thirteen. I said, this is gonna ruin my game. Mama, I mean I'm gonna have scars, cause you know they're told if you scratch them, you're gonna get scars. She got me mittens, you know, and I'm I'm sitting there, don't touch cause I was a person that just and I'm all discouraged, you know, 13 year old just looks, is everything. My mama would sit there and she loved me though. She'd sit there and she'd pray over me. She did that when we got not only the chicken pox. But every time I got sick, Mama was there. And I just want to just tell you that little story to tell you this. You don't, I don't remember anything much in life getting a couple of big things, but I'll never forget the time Mama all, took care of me when I had those chicken pox. I'll never forget when I had the rheumatic fever and God healed me at the age of seven. But Mom was there every day at Wind Out Hospital. They said I wouldn't walk, and if I did, I wouldn't live past 12, and I'd be crippled, and then by 12, I wouldn't live. Rheumatic fever, look it up. It was a disease in the 70s. I had all signals of it, symptoms of it. They prayed for me. My dad made a deal with God and said, God, if you heal my baby, because I was the baby, he wasn't born yet. He said, God, if you heal my baby, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. They went in to do tests. I mean, the test came back and said, I don't know what happened. Here he had results, and here it's gone. God miraculously touched my life. I've seen God do that. And I tell you what was responsible for that, my mama praying. I'm just trying to inspire moms here today. I don't care if your background is like Rahab the harlot. You might not have been the perfect mom. You still got a chance to make a difference in your kids' life, and maybe you got grandkids. Maybe you'll live long enough to see a chin show up or something in your family. Maybe you just stay with it. God will bring you full circle. And I want you to know you don't got to have a lot of things to make an impact on your kids. Just come to church. Keep coming to church. Keep living the life the best that you can. And God said, I got this. I'll do the rest. I want to pray right now. Bow your heads. I want to pray for all the women in the church today. All the women stand. I did this at the 930. I want to do this again. All women, please stand. Whether you're a mother or not, I want you to stand in this place. And heads are bowed. And just listen. I, I have seen people I know of couples that have not been able to have children and were married for 11 years and a missionary prayed for them that they would conceive and God did a miracle and now they have children and so i, I want to pray that over our women today maybe there's women here that want to be a mom but you're not able to do that and i did this at the nine thirty service someone was just so blessed to tell me how that was just so important I, I just want you to know that maybe you're here today and you've got kids you are a mother but you're not in the best relationship with them i want to bless you and pray over you right now that god will restore that relationship I just want to bless all of our women today and let you know that you are a daughter of the Most High God. You are wonderfully made, flaws and all. You are made by a divine creator for just as time as this. And Father, I bless all the women right now that are standing in this place. Father, I pray a blessing upon them in their life. God, those that are wanting to be moms one day, Lord. Lord, I pray you bring the right husband and right man into their life, Lord. A man that loves you and fears you, God. God, for the women here that might be in a relationship, might even be married, but not able to have children, I pray, God, that as you did with Sarah, and as you did with Rebecca, and as you did with Rachel, you did with all these women, God. Elizabeth, Lord, you opened their womb and they were able to conceive. Father, you said be fruitful and multiply. I pray that to be so upon your women today in the name of Jesus Father for the moms here that have children but they're broken relationships or maybe God that's not the best terms I pray you restore the breach, you restore the relationships God, give compassion and grace where it needs to be and Father, for any moms that are here that are maybe grieving because they have lost a child, Father, I pray, God, that you would just give them a special anointing of strength today. As Sarah received strength by faith, I pray by faith they will receive strength today. I thank you for these women. I thank you for what they represent and what they're going to represent. If you're not done with any of them, you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all stand together now? Can we all stand? Hallelujah. I just want to pray a blessing over you today, and as I bless you, you go on and enjoy your day. Happy Mother's Day to you. But If you need additional prayer for anything after service, I want to invite you to come to the front. I'll pray with you. If you want to give your life to the Lord, if you're going to go see a doctor this week or anything special, we're going to pray for you today, all right? But I want to bless you right now as you go home. Once again, Mom's Happy Mother's Day. Man, I can't tell you how big of a difference you make in people's lives. You do. You don't hear it enough, but I preached a whole message just for you. i many enjoyed it. Was it you get something out of this message today? I know it's different on Mother's Day, but John the Baptist, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. God is faithful, eh? Father, I bless your people today. I thank you for what you're doing at River of Life. What a special, special church. Special, special season we are in right now. And I thank you. From the newest mother to the oldest mother, I pray a blessing, God. Let their day be wonderful today. Bless them, I pray. With good laughs and company, and just I pray a blessing upon. Pray a blessing on all of our people today. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.